The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I appreciate each and every one of you that follow this show and that share it with everybody that you can. We are going to talk about a really tough subject today. I've been doing my show prep. I didn't get in until after midnight last night. I was up in Fresno at the uh, California Welfare. No, that wouldn't be right. That would be the uh, Child Welfare uh, Attendance Conference. I get that mixed up with... uh, another group. (laughs) Anyway, basically, that's your truancy officers for the state of California, and I was speaking to them yesterday, and uh, what a really great group of people, people who really, really care about your child, and um, it was an excellent chance to interact with professionals who see this in, in mass on a daily basis working with our children. Now, I know that most people listen to the archives. I know that because they contact me, they send me in things, they share it, and I appreciate that a lot, and I get the stats on who's listening by archive. If you are listening live and you want to uh, call in, you actually can do that at 866 472 5788. I'll give that again next section. Uh, 866-472-5788. You can always write to me at Opal at Million Kids. I want to talk about something that's been preying on my mind for a while, and I really want you to give this some thought this week. The title of the show is Understanding the Impact of Sextortion on Prepubescent Children. So, what am I talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you that I've had a hard week, okay? This business, I do it, I've been doing it for 10 years now, and I'm used to it. But more and more, I am getting lots of cases of kids that are not yet gone through puberty, prepubescent, that's a hard word to say, but have not yet been through puberty, and they're being put on cell phones, and guess what? It goes wrong. And, uh, you know, I I have this kind of swirling around in my heart and my brain about what can I do. I tried to do some research this morning from about oh, 5.30 on about how much is out there in a psychological world I believe that we need some serious research on this. And if you know someone who is a psychologist or uh, a child psychologist that works with these, this particular generation and young people, I think it's very, very important that we start to get real live research. I thought I might talk to the folks over at uh, USC and see if they might provide some of this. Because what is happening is we are seeing case after case after case. I have four of them in the last six days. So no wonder you're getting that subject for me. And, you know, they're different. Some of the kids are nine, some are eight, 
summer 11. And one of the cases that triggered it, and I put this on the uh, promotion for this particular site, this particular uh, segment that that, uh, you might be listening to it through archive. The headline in this is Florida Girl 11 found in Georgia hotel room with alleged kidnappers she met in online video game. So what, what the heck are we talking about? Well, there's a girl by the name of Alice Johnson. They put a photograph in, uh, in the photo because they were missing her and looking for her. She actually looks more than 11 to me, but that doesn't matter. She's only 11, so, you know, she hasn't developed completely. First of all, she hasn't developed sexually with all the equipment that a 14- or 16-year-old teenager would have. She certainly hasn't developed mentally. She's only 11. She might even be mature for her age. She looks a little more mature. But still, at 11, what is happening here is that parents are giving our kids these cell phones at 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, my my own granddaughter, I was informed this week, got one. And she's only nine. And she's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I'm pregnant, but she's beautiful. And she's smart. But, you know, when you give a 9, 10, 11-year-old a phone, I, I think, would you hand them a gun and say, now, you know, I'm going to put some bullets in it, but don't shoot it? Uh, Would you hand them a bottle of vodka and tell them to carry it around till they're 14, but don't open it? We wouldn't do that because we know, we understand that children are children, that they don't have the physical equipment yet to participate in adult sexual relationship, and they don't have the mental understanding of what is going on when an adult interacts with them. You know, we know that child abuse is a major, major problem in the in the U.S. especially, but I believe that's true in Europe, too. They say as many as one out of four girls, and, and I believe the number is one out of five guys have been molested by the time that they're adults. And you say to yourself, that is a lifetime, a lifetime sentence for a child. They, they have all kinds of self-worth issues. They have identity issues as far as, you know, whether or not they're attractive. Um, many of them feel uh, sexually shamed. In other words, they feel like that perhaps maybe it's their fault um, that, that they did that. They will blame themselves. Um, you know, there's there's multi-layers of complication psychologically when you have a prepubescent child that is sexually violated. And yet, understanding that, our society is now believing that it's okay to hand an 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old a cell phone. Now, you will often hear me say out there that, you know, this is the most amazing generation that's ever lived because, in fact, it is the first generation that has never not known the Internet. This generation was born with the Internet, and they will be the first generation in all of history that will be able to connect to the entire world and the entire world can connect to them. So we're in this huge social experiment of taking especially prepubescent children 
and connecting them to the entire world, you know, the entire world and believing that even though they don't understand adult sex, they will have enough adult logic to be able to protect them against a global world of predators. And where that thinking comes from, is I, I struggle. There is no logical explanation I can come up with except denial. You know, the going in, the, the belief that my child's a good child and they'll be smart and I'll check that phone. I know you think you will, but, you know, parents get busy. And you may have the most brilliant child in the world, but I want you to get the image of what has happened here. You have taken your sweet, brilliant little child, eight, nine, and you set them up on a platform for the entire world to be able to access. And you're going to believe that your child is smart enough to outsmart maybe three to five million predators and that they won't get caught up in it. The case that triggered this line of research today is this Florida girl, 11, found in Georgia hotel room with alleged kidnappers she met online. This guy looks like a real piece of work, by the way, (laughs) you know. But anyway, Alice is 11, and what happened is that she went into, and her folks got her Minecraft. Now, I'm going to tell you part of the problem here is there's some complicity here when a parent decides to take an 11-year-old child without complete cognitive reasoning, without completing puberty, and put her on Minecraft in a public chat room. There's a challenge with that right there. And I'm going to tell you part of the psychological impact is the parents are complicit. The parents will blame themselves as they should, and the child will blame the parent or at least get implied consent because the parent agreed to allowing them to have this. Now, you can be on Minecraft and be in no chat room, and you can play and have a good time. You can be in Minecraft and have a limited chat room. When you put an 11-year-old child in a public chat room, okay, you might as well take her down and drop her off at a strip club because the people she's going to meet in that chat room are people you won't allow in your living room. But you are going with hope against hope that this child is going to be smarter than the average bear. Well, what happened is that she met this guy. She's 11 and this guy's 29. He's from Illinois. The girl lives in Florida. They're playing on this Minecraft. And at first, he claims to be a girl. And, you know, they go back and forth and back and forth. And then finally, apparently, it comes out that he's a guy. And so what was happening, according to the article, she was chatting with the individual through a game. Within the game, you can use a headset to chat with people you're actually playing with. So that's how the first initial contact was made. Now, keep in mind how these games work. You're in there. You're playing a game. You're shooting it up on Minecraft. You even got some sex in there on Minecraft. And now you're talking to people in the chat room, and you need their approval. Not only do you want their approval, you need it because they will put the pressure on you to keep your score up. And, you know, you're 11. You want to be cute. You want to be like, that's the problem with prepubescent is you're right at that age where you're looking around to see who thinks you're cute. You're starting to develop breasts, you know, you're starting to get some sexuality. Maybe you dress a little more provocative unless mom nails you to a wall. 
<laughs> and, you know, you're looking around trying out your stuff. It's how it works at 11. So when you take that and put that in a Minecraft game with the chat room, you have to understand your child's going to try out their stuff in a game. They want to be liked, and that makes them vulnerable. In this case, what happened is this Mr. Burns, who's 29, drove up from Illinois to Florida. One night on a Saturday night, the, the uh, family... Uh, put the young girl to bed, Alice Johnson, the Johnson family, put the child to bed, and everybody went to bed, and the next morning, they got up to go down and wake her up and take her off to church, and she was no longer there. She had snuck out in the middle of the night to meet her newfound friend down the street. She got in the car with him, and he took her to a motel in Georgia. By the time they woke up on Sunday morning to wake her up for church, she's in Georgia in a hotel with Mr. Byrne. Now, the family is saying that, you know, they knew that she was talking to Mr. Byrne. This is this is what triggered this uh, this particular segment with me. They knew she was aware that they were talking to an individual from Illinois, but they did not realize she was in danger at the time. They had been talking first by the Minecraft, then by the phone. It's unclear how long they knew about the incident, but they never realized it would escalate to this. Now, you know, I am doing everything I know, and so are a lot of good organizations. But we must educate the parent. And I believe no child should get a cell phone unless they complete a cyber crime instruction course. I just made that up, but I'm starting to like it. You know, folks, we're starting up against a hard break here, but I hope you'll stay with me. I hope that you will help me walk through this because the psychological impact not only on the victim, but the family, is enormous. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Is email an important part of your business? It is for us. That's why Voice America partners with MailJet. MailJet lets us create impactful newsletters and deliver them right to the inbox fast. 
Microsoft, MIT, and Avis trust MailJet for their emailing, and so should you. Go to MailJet.com and use the promo code VOICEAMERICA to start emailing for free today. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This show is brought to you by me and kids. That always sounds like me and kids. Somehow God gave me a company I can't pronounce. Anyway, it's million, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, million, because more than a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. We're not one million kids, and we're not a million kids, we're not 10 million kids, we're just simply million kids. And it's very important that you start to follow million kids on Facebook if you don't do that. Just go to Facebook, find million kids, hit like. We have a great media marketing galler named Susie Carpenter, and she posts new cases of of sextortion, child pornography, social media exploitation, and human trafficking every day. And the idea behind that is not to just make you puke, which some of these cases do make you want to puke, but it's about understanding so we can say never again should another child be violated. You know, how do we how do we train law enforcement? What do we know about this pedophile? What can we do with parents and kids so we can stop this? And quite frankly, today's show is understanding the impact of sextortion on prepubescent children. And it's very disturbing to me what is going on, and this is why I've chosen to do that. I want to just share with you, uh, you know, I have a multitude of cases here on what we call the e-card. That's the promotional card to tell you what the show is going to be about. And I, I put my research up there, and, you know, one of the reasons I did this is, you know, I take leads. I work for the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. I report into the Riverside County Sheriff Department and uh, through a Department of Justice grant. So I'm dealing with real cases here. I'm not some crazy activist marching up and down the street with signs and all that. I, I look at real cases and what can I do, and I talk to real parents. And I've had a hard week this week. We've had two 11-year-olds that were sextorted, a 14-year-old, really in a bad way, and a 16-year-old. And three were girls, one was boys. And especially the 11-year-old really got to me because the father, the father was devastated, absolutely heartbroken. And in this particular case, I mean, he was a father who watched a lot. He he paid close attention. This always starts out with, you know, well, everybody else has it. I don't want my kid to be left out of the technology age and be shunned as a nerd. You know, so the other people's kids aren't getting harmed. So I'll just keep an eye on them. And, And sure, that's how it works. And if grandma says anything, you know, then it's, oh, Grandma, you just worry too much, blah, blah, blah. Well, don't give up, Grandma. You stay with it because I'm, I'm about to share with you. I made some notes. Now, I'm not a psychologist. I'm a 
practitioner, if you will, I take these leads, I said, with the parents. And I'm going to tell you, this is devastating for parents because, first of all, you're part of the crime. You know, anybody who hands a 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old a phone, the parent is responsible, as responsible as if you handed them a bottle of vodka because they're not going to get that phone unless you pay for it. And so parents are complicit. And when this goes wrong, you get multi-layers of shaming going on and of loss, just horrendous loss. The one father, and I don't want to go into the details, but it just made an impression. This father was just heartbroken, just heartbroken, the things that this pedophile had gotten his little 11-year-old daughter to do. You know, it's loss for a parent. Because you have this idea of innocence for your child, but you are taking them from innocence when you put them on a platform where they can be influenced up to three to five million pedophiles. Let me say that again. We believe there are three to five million pedophiles. That's a loose number based on cases and child pornography rings and like that. But, you know... If they're out there and you have an 11-year-old, how are you going to arm your 11-year-old so they don't get violated? Because if you're going to put them on a platform where they're available, surely you would want to arm your child somehow to do that. Think about all the layers of psychological impact when a 9-year-old is being sextorted. Or an 11-year-old. An 11-year-old, in many cases, are, uh, it's kind of worse than the 9-year-old, even though you're thinking, well, they're a little bit older, maybe they're better. No, they are going through puberty. They are getting their moral identity and their sexual identity. They're looking around to see if the other sex finds them valuable or you know, maybe they're not looking for the other sex in the, this day and age, but they're looking for who finds them attractive and valuable. That is what mating and sexuality is all about, is that you kind of strut your stuff and, and people find you attractive and you begin to engage in a relationship. Now, when that all goes wrong, like through sextortion, all of that is distorted What is happening is our predators are being allowed to define our children's sexuality before even the parent has the talk. You know, if you're going to hand your child a phone, don't do it if you haven't had the sex talk because some predator around the world will have that sex talk maybe by, you know, real life example. And so it's a fascinating thing that we're doing in this generation to allow total strangers to access our kids sexually before we have the sex talk. So when that happens, sex is no longer that beautiful thing. Sex was meant to be a beautiful engagement between two people who are in love. You see it all the time on TV, you know, uh, uh, remember that song? I know why it came to me. Remember that, Tish, how old I am? There was a muskrat ro- uh, love, muskrat love, it was called. They rolled and they tumbled and they blah, 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 blah. And it was a beautiful song. Sex is meant to be a beautiful thing. And yet, if we are going to put prepubescent children on the Internet, 
We are allowing total strangers to define what sexuality is for our children. And one of the things that really, really concerns me, and I do not hear conversation about it out in the Internet, and I I am in the process of writing another book if I could ever just get 15 more minutes somewhere in my life, but, but I am concerned because sex is being used as a weapon in these games. And, you know, we are putting our children on there that are getting their sexual identity. Think about games like Grand Theft Auto. You actually have sex with the prostitute. You pay 20 bucks. Since I'm on the air, I'll tell you what you get. I don't tell you in person just out of out of decency, but I'll be honest. It's 20 bucks for a hand job, 50 bucks for a blow job, and 70 bucks for the full Monty on Grand Theft Auto. Now, you know, I'm not telling you something your kids don't know. It's funny that it, we're embarrassed to talk about it as adults, but your kids all know what you get for 20 bucks and 50 bucks. Now, what happens there is you kill her so you can get your money back because you need the points, okay? You're doing this for points. But your games in Roblox, games in Minecraft, you know, I, I often talk about a game that I saw an 11-year-old girl, and she was virtually raped by a little boy character, Many of these games have sex in them, and you get points for sexual encounter. Not beautiful, loving, interactive sexual between two caring people who have respect for each other and want to please each other. I am talking about virtual sex in an artificial environment where sex is a weapon. And what happens is these guys go into these kids' lives and, you know, these kids at 8, 9, 10, 11, they just want new friends. You know, they want to be liked. They don't, they don't have a clue yet that they're about to get virtually raped, you know, or in real life raped in some of these cases when they meet up with them. They don't get that. It's just all about, hey, somebody likes me, somebody thinks I'm cute, somebody thinks I'm funny. And But they're trading their sexuality for that enchance encounter of being liked. In fact, I believe it was Sean Parker from Facebook that called it the social validation feedback loop. How appropriate he understood his business. Because you get a nine-year-old on there, and that is a social validation feedback loop. And they don't realize that they are putting their prepubescent sexuality out there for some perverted pedophile who wants to get his cookies, this kid just wants to make this guy happy because he, it's totally, um, what am I saying? It's a, a totally off balance, okay? I can't think of the right word. This child wants to please, that guy wants to violate and they, the child who wants to please is unable to process emotionally or mentally, intellectually, because they don't have the equipment yet. They may be the most brilliant nine-year-old in the whole world, but they do not have 18-year-old equipment, and they are going up against a 28-year-old, a 22-year-old, a 59-year-old. It will never be equal. And yet parents are refusing to look at that when they decide to put that child out there. And so obviously the older person, and it's usually a guy, it can be a girl, they're at a great advantage to violate any child. 
And so for a parent to wander around here in La La Land going, I understood that she was playing a game with a guy from Illinois, but I did not believe she's in danger. Then, you know, if you don't understand the Internet any more than that, then you're in as much danger as that child. And, you know, the loss for a family is enormous. I will never probably ever forget this man crying and crying and crying, going, you would not believe the things he got that little girl to do to herself. I remember a father who said, in the backseat of my car in my own living room, I stood by as another man came into my life and stole my precious daughter. And I didn't know computers, so I didn't understand what's happening. It must, we must educate the parent. That's what it's about. When sextortion comes into the life of a prepubescent child, every one of your lives will change forever. And it won't be for the good. Folks, I'm going to ask you to stay with me. We're up against that heartbreak now. We'll be right back. My name is Opal Singleton. Thank you. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton 
Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about understanding the impact of sextortion on prepubescent children. I am doing this because I am just encountering so many cases. This is just truly an epidemic at this point. So I did some research because I really want you to understand just how big this is. Okay, I've had a rough week. I've had some cases here that were just really, really intense, and the kids are very young. But this is happening all over the world. I want to quote a Daily Mail site. The head, uh, the headline on this was, uh, and what is the date on this? This is this goes back to 2014. Now I was trying to find some 2017 numbers because I know this has escalated dramatically. But I thought this was a well-written article. It's actually put up by the Daily Mail. I often get, by the way, a lot of my uh, uh, facts and research on on the Daily Mail because I seem to think that they somehow seem to have more news than CNN or Fox. <laughs> you know, it's just getting crazy over here, man. You'll hear a story, and uh, I know this show goes out all over the world, but I do. I digress a minute. You know, you hear a story and you go, oh, my gosh, and you hear it on Fox and it says one thing and you hear it on CNN and it says another. And then you go to ABC and MSBC and you go, is this the same story? And then you say, where are the facts? Everything's some opinion. Give us some facts, some provable facts. It's just, you know, the social media has changed everything and it's changed everything for our children because they have the same problem of how do they delineate truth? But, you know, this guy says he's a guy. How do they know it's a guy? They don't. How do they know that this person's really only 14? They don't. In so many of these cases, these guys pretend to be like, you know, Justin Bieber, and they're like 14 years old. But then they turn out to be 29, and it gets awful. But here is in the Daily Mail, it says, more than half of children have used online social network by the age of 10. Now, this is a 2014 article. I can guarantee you that number is huge today. Uh, Facebook is the top one, uh, that 52% of 8 to 16-year-olds ignore the official age limit for that, for Facebook, because you have to say that you're an adult to be on there, but they ignore it. So the parents, by the way, the parents buy these games for these kids. You're supposed to be 18. You know, I did a survey of a large high school, and more than 70% of those kids had a Grand Theft Auto. I mean, that's a, a show, that's a game, excuse me, that that literally you, you know, you have sex with a prostitute, you kill the cop. It is an adult game. If you want to play that as an adult, I don't care what you do to your mind. But these are children, and yet parents overlook that age and put them on there. It says other popular sites include WhatsApp. Now, WhatsApp has a billion users. If you put your nine-year-old on WhatsApp, with a billion users, do you think it's possible that they're going to find some pedophiles, some predators? I think that there are. If you have a billion users, what if 1% of them are pedophiles? Now, I, don't, I don't do math so well, but it's at least 1 million people. And they're going to look for low-hanging fruit. And I'm going to tell you a 9-year-old is low-hanging fruit. Under any circumstances, the most brilliant nine-year-old. I I heard this case. It's been a bit of time now. I've often talked about it in the public. This kid was nine years old. He was brilliant. They gave him a little phone, and literally within two hours, he was able to find the Kick app. He uploaded it. He installed it. 
And then he went out there, and sure enough, he hooked up with a 44-year-old pedophile right off the bat. Now, this guy's a technology wizard. He's only nine, and our kids at 9 and 10 and 11 are technology wizards and more techno-impotent, okay? But he hooked up with this predator. The guy wanted a naked photo, so he takes these clothes off. He goes to the bathroom, takes his clothes off, takes his picture, and he uploads it, and he sends it off and kick to this pedophile. And the reason they know about that case is that night the pedophile showed up sitting outside their house watching in the backyard as this nine-year-old boy was playing. And they went, they found him suspicious, called the police, and they found this kid's photograph on his phone. Now, how do we know all this happened? Well, photographs have GPS on the back of them, and nine-year-olds don't know that. And that nine-year-old just wanted to make that guy happy. He had no understanding why picture of a naked nine-year-old made a 56-year-old happy. He didn't get that part, but he knows how to install, kick, upload, download. Now, is he a smart kid? You bet. But who is who is at fault here? That child did not buy that phone by himself. That child did not get left alone with that phone. And you can say, now, be careful on there, but nine-year-olds do not have cognitive reasoning. That is why we don't give them the keys to the car. We don't give them bottles of vodka, and we don't give them loaded guns. And to expose your child to the entire world, thinking my child's smarter than the rest, is some sort of folly that will cost you in the end. Well, so WhatsApp is particularly scary to me. I'm looking at this article. The study suggests that children are most likely to post an image or video of themselves online and set up a fake profile for the first time by the age of 11 trying Twitter and message a stranger at 12 and try services like Snapchat and Ask FM at the age of 13. Two-thirds turn to their parents when they experience difficulties online. While 63% of parents check the child's internet activity at least once a week, more than, than a fifth are not confident they can install parental controls, and just under half admit to not being confident of being aware of the school internet policy. So here's what's happened here, is that social media has removed the barriers between a young person's public and private self. Children become vulnerable and compulsive online sharing. Children are gaining access to social media at younger sites. Now, this is the UK article from the Daily Mail. And I believe that article is spot on, okay, to say a British term. Anyway, spot on because I see these cases all the time. And it is an interesting thing that is happening because when you start to understand the psychological impact, you're not talking about the kid has a bad night or a bad week. You have made a decision to change this child's sexual image forever. As a parent, when you put that child in that chat room, by the way, it will change you too as a parent. Here's a headline Game Shocker, horrified dad found sick messages from Pedo Predator in his eight year old son's Roblox iPad game. So, eight year olds playing Roblox, and yes, you can have sex in Roblox, and the father wants to warn other people. He said that he found sickening messages from a pedophile in uh, the game Roblox. Within 15 minutes of playing Roblox, he was told that he was sexy and cute. So what happened is that the kid is playing on Roblox. The dad got involved. He started to worry about it. 
He saw these sickening messages, so he got himself a character. Well, congratulations, Dan. I am of the opinion that no child should be on the gaming site with a chat room unless you're on there with them because you need to educate yourself and grow up and get the reality of what your child's about to see based on your decision to hand that to your child. The father decided to check out the game dubbed the new Minecraft after reading a worrying article about it online. He, be- he said the game is aged at kids 8 to 12, is being used by adults looking to meet up with vulnerable kids. I just had it in my head that I needed to ask the boys if they were playing on this Roblox game after reading about it online. They said they had, so I said, well, let me have a look at it. Congratulations, Dad. I am proud of you. From the outlook, it looks completely fine. You go into different rooms, and in the first room, I wasn't sent anything untoward. He said, then they said hi, so I said hi, and they asked if I was a boy or a girl at my age. So I said, well, I'm an eight-year-old boy. They asked me to follow them to their house. I want you to hear this, parents. This is sex, virtual sex in a video game with an eight-year-old is what's happening here. Now, he's just pretending to be an eight-year-old. He's an adult, but this could be your child. They asked me to follow them to their house, then into the bedroom, and they asked me to lay down on top of them. Then they started the sexual movements. They said, you look cute and you look sexy. It was just sickening to read all the comments pop up. My kids were completely oblivious as to what the words and stuff meant. He warned parents. The dad has warned parents not to let the kids use this game. They've now deleted the app from his 11-year-old and 8-year-old son's iPad and urged others to do the same. Now, crazy to this, the father has posted this and he's been met with mixed reactions and some accusing him of scaremongering the children. I can imagine if I didn't watch and they kept going back to the same rooms and chatting to the same people, it would be easy for them to take it further, says Dad. 110% think it would be so easy for these people to use the game to groom kids. It makes my guts turn. They were talking in code, but it was clear to see. If you're going to insist on putting your child out there and allowing them to go through these social experiments then at least get online and do it with them. Because I can guarantee you that this dad probably has not yet had the sex talk with these kids. And what is this happening here is that you are allowing total strangers to define sex with your child. Define what's appropriate and helping them experience it long before they, it is appropriate. And this will have a lifetime impact on your child's sexuality. Do you know that they believe that that the age that you first see pornography will determine the age of, of the amount of impact of addiction on pornography? And if you're putting 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old children in a video game that has a lot of adult pornography in it, You are setting the stage for an adult who will be addicted to pornography. Additionally, you are giving your child very early sexual experiences that may not have anything to do with love. And in fact, it may turn out that they experience sex as a weapon. This is a unique time in all of history 
I am calling parents all over the world to get involved and join with me. Let's educate the people to use technology in a manner that will not violate our children. We're up against that break. My name is Opal Singleton. I'm going to ask you to stay with us. We'll be right back. Thanks. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O P A L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hi, welcome back. We are talking about understanding the impact of sextortion on prepubescent children. And I've been doing quite a bit of research on this because I am just seeing case after case after case of this. And it's extremely disturbing to me. As you know, I work in sex trafficking. And one of the things that's really a concern to me is that that more than 70% of people in sex trafficking were previously sexually molested. And I believe that that we are going to see an entire generation of young people whose first sexual experience will be a virtual sexual experience, and it may be related to sextortion. I'm going to give you a couple more quick cases. This one is man who sextorted 12-year-old girl receives a 10-year sentence. Uh, in this case, uh, the charges are against a guy by the name of Perez Uribe. He met a 12-year-old on Facebook. He told her he was 13 at first, but later he, he admitted he might be 25. 
He asked her to send nude pictures of himself, and she did. And it is amazing to me how many of these children are willing to send these photographs. It may be just simply a flash of the top, but once you send that first photo, they begin to blackmail you. Now, I, I want to make clear here to parents what is happening. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the reason they're doing that, the first thing they'll do is now they now they need more photos. They own the child. And they then this gets really, really ugly. And, you know, a case this last week, we believe that they actually go in and once they have pictures of you nude or in a sex act, then they want you to have more sexual images of other family members. And they will start to involve siblings in this. Girlfriends, boyfriends, other people having sex. They will send your child a photo of children having sex, which they've gotten from another kid, to be able to make your kid think, well, everybody's doing this. So there are multiple ways this happens on here. He asked the girl to send nude images. She did. After receiving the images, he took over the girl's Facebook account, changed her password, locked her out of the account, threatened to post the girl's nude images on her Facebook page if she refused to send him more nude photos of himself. The victim believed his threat and sent him four more images. Now, here's what's happening. These kids will do whatever they need to do to keep this predator at bay before they tell mom and dad. And this is very important, mom and dad, because they're about to experience your rejection in their sexual act. This is multi-layers of rejection and shame, and this is very important. That was what was happening with this family this week with the 11-year-old. The father saw these photos. The kid will do about anything to tell, not tell mom and dad, and I get it. I mean, you know, sex talks between moms and dads and kids are hard, and, you know, that child needs your approval more than anything else on earth regardless of what sex act they commit because think about this if you you hear stories parents walk in the kids masturbating there's multi-levels of shame they remember that all their life that the idea of a sex act being witnessed by a parent and then experiencing rejection uh, making sex dirty putting them in shame. You have all of this going on, which is why a child does not tell a parent. They keep feeding this predator. I, the line often comes to mind of Churchill in uh, The Darkest Hour, where he said, it's hard to negotiate with a lion when your head's in its mouth. That is the place your child's in if they meet a sextortion predator. And so they are desperate not to tell you. They will do whatever to, co- to cover this up and not tell you. Parents, I'm going to ask you, number one, please think about what is happening to your child and do not expose them to this. But if you have a situation like this, save the photo. It is a kick in the gut. You want to vomit when you see your child's naked photo out there or doing some sexual act to themselves in a photo But I want you to understand you all need counseling. This is deep, deep, and it's life-changing. This is a social experiment that is destroying whole families. 
parents, you must get yourself into separate counseling, especially if you are a father. Because what is happening is you have just experienced the loss of your child's innocence. And you will feel rage and anger in ways you can't even identify. You must process that separate from them because that child needs your approval more than any other time in her or his life. In the meantime, get your child into a good and healthy counselor who understands the art of grooming. As many of you know, I wrote a book called Seduce the Grooming of America's Teenagers. By the way, you can buy that at www.meandkids.org. That is www.millionkids.org. Just go on there and find Seduced. It's $16 plus $4 shipping. I'll sign it and send it to you. But this is very critical how you handle this. Get that child into counseling. They have a lifetime of sexual image to sort through. Their their first time out has been by someone who has absolutely duped them and then held them prisoner. And you weren't there to protect them because you bought them that phone. In the meantime, you are going through all kinds of loss because your child has lost their innocence and you bought it for them. So all of this needs to be processed. If you go out there and glob onto this son or daughter and go, what the hell are you doing? Give me that thing. What are you thinking? I told you to be careful on that. That is more and more rejection right in the middle of a sexual identity. And it will take years to repair the deep-seated trauma of that moment. Everybody separate, go in, mom and dad, Cool off, get the rage, come back, put your arms around this child and say, I believe in you, honey. I love you. I believe in you. We got a problem. This is tough. You've been trapped into something that, you you know, I didn't understand how it worked. You know, I am here with you. I am beside you. I never meant for you to experience this, even though I got you the phone and you promised not to do it. These guys are bigger than us. Go to the police. Engage the police. Do not talk to the predator. And everybody gets separate counseling. Mom and dad get counseling and that kid get counseling. And let me say one last thing. I'm about out of time. Mom and dad, you must unite Get counseling and unite, even if you're in a divorce. If this kid sees an ounce of daylight between the two of you and you start blaming each other, that will give one more level of trauma and rejection to your child. Parents get into counseling. Ask God for quick forgiveness. Put your arm around your child. Tell them that you love them. This is a lifetime impact based on a social experiment, which we call the Internet. And this will change your life and your child's life forever. My name is Opal Singleton. I am the president and CEO of Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids. You can excuse excuse me of being an extremist. I don't give a damn. I see these cases all day, every day of these children being violated and brokenhearted parents. I don't want it to be you. Please write to me at opal, O-P-A-L, at meandkids.org, or follow us on Facebook. I appreciate each and every one of you that take the time to share this show with everyone you know. It is available on exploitedcrimes.com. They're all archived there by title. And this one is called Understanding the Impact of Sextortion on Prepubescent Children. 
And one last thing, I want to thank each and every one of you who send us funding to keep this show on the air. We are a nonprofit. We're at 501c3, and we can't do this work without you. You can donate at millionkids.org. You folks have a great week. Take good care of your kids and give each other a hug. Take care. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.